Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. There are vampires in Philadelphia. Former President John Adams is somehow responsible. And if someone doesn't do something about it, the city will die. Welcome to Back Issue Bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we are looking at Philadelphia, a series that was started in 2020 through Image Comics, written by Rodney Barnes, with art by Jason Sean Alexander. So two pretty big names in the comic industry. And now the series is up to, I think, about like 30-something issues. But today we're looking at the first arc, Sins of the Father, first six-issue arc of Philadelphia. Petula, you're the one that found out about this book from one of our usual let's look at the best books of the year type studying, right? Yeah. Or was it a spooky season one, maybe? Or maybe both? I think it might have been both. Yeah. It was one that I'd seen the covers of before, but I sort of just breezed by it. And I think I'd picked up maybe the first couple uh, from the site that used to be easier to use for comic books. (laughs) Oh, yes. That place. Yeah. That place. And then I didn't really read it, but when was look, I think, I think it was when I was looking for more spooky season titles, started reading it. It was like, good Lord, this is fantastic. And it's really pretty. Like definitely it's a kind of, you know, pick it up because the cover looks good and then the insides are even better, which I guess is what a lot of vampires might say about people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care on the outside, but my God, once you dig in, ooh. It's a feast. You're the one that brought this to my attention. This is my first chance of getting to read the first issue arc. And basically when the story starts out, we focus on a small down beat cop named James Sangster, who's returned to Philadelphia, his place of birth that he hasn't been in in a long while. But he's returned there because his father, the legendary police detective James Sangster Sr., has been killed. But he soon finds out that He hasn't just been killed, he's become undead. And that there's a vampire problem within the city of Philadelphia and a conspiracy that goes all the way back to the early years of the United States of America. And it's an interesting situation of a person who failed, who thinks, oh, well, I found a new way for immortality. I'm just going to take over this way and people will remember me for that. And basically the people he offers this immortality to, he's asking him to trade one version of slavery for another, except this one doesn't end. And to me, that was, it was kind of interesting how quickly that was revealed and how almost like John Adams is like, yeah, no, that's, that's the way it works. Wouldn't you want to live forever? Sure. You'll be working for me, but, uh, you know, everybody's going to listen to me because I'm the best. And I really hate that Hamilton musical. So, well, they do clown on him specifically like his character is greeted by laughter that would hurt after all that time yeah yeah it's like i've been out here in these streets still continue work what did hamilton do write a pamphlet and then just go boots up (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's like the overarching big bad of the story but then the other thing that's really interesting is that it's also like a familial drama it's about reconciling with the things left unsaid with someone who should have been the person you're closest to uh, a death in the family caused these two characters, James junior and senior to drift apart when they should have come closer together, but neither one was really well, especially the father was not willing to 
kind of give in to heal. I mean, obviously the writer's bringing something to it, which, you know, he says in the afterward in the book, but it's also that thing where nature nurture did he become a cop because of his dad but still his dad even in death was more dedicated to the job than to him and all of the things that brings with that and realizing so many people have that moment when someone passes that you wish you could have spent more time with him but his time with his dad after he died was only slightly better than his time with his dad when he was alive yeah yeah how sad is that that sucks (laughs) Yeah, I feel for James Jr. He's got it rough. I mean, he at least gets to have that resolution moment mentally. I think the regret, it sort of in a way is better because he does know this was all we could like. This is the best relationship we could have had, like slightly more respecting each other on a professional level, if nothing else. There is a nice hug where honestly, I just thought he might just, you know, have a last minute get hungry moment. I was a little nervous. (laughs) But (laughs) he he is a vampire after all. Yeah. I mean, it's not even threads. It's just, you know, he's very honest with you right now. You're looking like a big old bowl of tomato soup and I love tomato soup. Yeah. 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 That line right there, especially was like, yeah, that really hits at home. Definitely. Yeah. The the thing I also find kind of interesting is that not only were like James senior and junior, you know, they were at odds because they let the death of James's mother kind of come between them. On top of that, what I love is that James Sr. is very, I'd say, kind of like right wing. And James Jr. is, you know, from the left. So it's like, even though they have the same stubbornness, they're polar opposites in their personalities. It added to the conflict. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, on top of that, they have totally different views of the world. That'll make it even harder to, you know, reconcile with your vampire dad. (laughs) It's... There's so many layers in this relationship that I, I love. Because that's the thing, like, you know, I read off the, the one line at the beginning there. If you were just to hear that on its own, it's like, okay, vampires everywhere in Philadelphia, John Adams of all people is leading them, and they got to be stopped. You would think, okay, this is going to be something schlocky. But there is so much depth. And they even take the schlockiness of the premise of vampires and make that serious as well and give that depth which that i have to commend right off the get-go because when you can take what sounds like a silly premise and feed it with so much information to make it it's really about this that is some craftsmanship there so one of his jobs when he was younger was as an ep on blade oh (laughs) yeah when you go down and again i hadn't heard really much about roddy barnes until i realized after I started reading this, if I wasn't already following him, at least I'd maybe like like some of his stuff or whatever. And then, oh, this guy is one of those people who has written for shows, written for comic books, but also has been around for a long time. But also has like really worked on a lot of very kind of blackity black stuff where whether it's on the face of it or through horror comedy dealing with just how do you deal with your family and the things that you repress as people of color or the things that oppress you that make you maybe not have such a great relationship with the people in your life whether it's undead mommy you find out dating d frost or (laughs) the boondocks where like he worked on that when i'm reading this and loving it the first time and then after researching him and then reading it again it's like well of course like this was basically made in a lab for me and it's one of those things that it's more why did it take me so long to find it there you go yeah 
and like the supporting characters, I'd say there wasn't a lot given to Jose. She's just kind of there, which is fine. You, some characters you got to do that with. Some characters are there to move a plot. Totally. But Tevin in that first arc, my Ooh. God. Again, it's again, another great character that, it, you, of course, he's on opposite ends of Sangster Senior. Sangster Senior's whole goal originally is, I got to catch this motherfucker because I think he's the problem. Turns out, no, no, he's not the problem. But when they finally get to sit down and talk, like those scenes blew me away. It's like, like the, the, the vampire scenes are fun and stuff, but it's like when you have these two very strong characters sitting down just having a conversation and how... You can see, you know, the lights going on in, in Sangster Senior's eyes. It's like, oh, wait a second. Oh, okay. You know, and Tevin is basically, Tevin is like, again, he's a victim of the system both ways. You know, first before he becomes a vampire and then after he becomes a vampire. There's so much, like, I don't know. Again, I've only read the first six issues, so I don't know if stuff happens with him going forward in the series. But there was like, wow, there's so much you can do with that character. And what I love about Tevin, consent, you know. Mm. The it's another classic vampire thing of a younger character gets turned and then maybe turns an older relative and they end up turning on them. But no, like grandma's not into it and he's like not happy, but he's cool with that. Like, you know, her body, her choice could all learn a lot from that interaction. Like good, good vampire. He's a victim of indoctrination from the beginning, but he doesn't let that affect his family. Which is, you know, some people who get indoctrinated into a, a call that is, if you're not with me, you're against me sort of thing. But him and his grandma, listening to his grandmother, he could tell, I can't offer her this because she sees it as that and she wants to die. Like those yeah. are the two things she wants. She, she sees it as like, if I was to present this, she would see it as the devil's work and she wants to die. Anytime more than what I've had would be an abomination. Yeah. 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 She's very clear with her desire. He responds to that, still maintains a relationship with her, but doesn't force his lifestyle and his choices, however ill-informed they were, onto her. Love that for him. I think that maybe what he disrespects most about Adam's operation, it's not so much. If everybody in that operation 100% knew this is how things were being run, I don't think he would have the same issue. It's the It's the duplicity. It's the disingenuity. It's the fact that it's giving still slave owners so no Mm -hmm, exactly and here's the thing about it because this is something that actually pops up in a lot of vampire stuff is vampires that are hell-bent on controlling or ruling or multiplying they quickly get into bed with rich people and the rich people are always like 100 on board as you can see here with the mayor he's very much 100 on board and that scares the crap out of me Every time I see it in any vampire thing, I'm like, oh, just as long as it makes you money, you're just, just going to sell everybody off to what is obviously, you know, these people are going to feed on them. You don't care. Why? Because you're going to benefit from it. And I'm like, yeah, that happens in real life. But then to see it with supernatural powers added into it, that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> something very real with something very fantastical. Just, oh, God, it gives me the willies. Yeah. Eat the rich be eaten. The scene of the Mrs. recruiting event. There's some sort of real grisly panels in there. That's the one I think that hits the most in as we see. And this is where it is great storytelling. At the end of this arc, you could just stop 
or you could keep going. But definitely as Adam's story is reaching its termination point, we're seeing all of these other characters, they're having their own story. And it's not even like they aren't B story, like Brittany and her sister. Again, we're seeing a kind of messed up family dynamic that's based on how they were or weren't raised. The sort of resentment of absentee parents where, I mean, in Brittany's case, it's like, baby girl, your parents were sold to another plantation. Like they didn't just like go out for cigarettes. Yeah, All yeah. of these kind of family dynamics that are unhealthy are really driving the story that people happen to be vampires is kind of almost secondary and that it's really the wife that you wonder if she'd been driving the bus would the Adams family have been the only two presidents that didn't own slaves because really it seems like she's definitely more into this kind of high low recruiting where she uses the sort of younger people of color to trap the older rich people to sort of fund the political aims that she's got separate from her husband. Mm. It's very obvious right from the get-go that they have two very different agendas. And uh, her agenda is the one that actually has more longevity and do more damage. Just seeing her play certain characters and very much her indoctrination methods are much more successful than, than Adams. Adams isn't able to keep Tevin interested, but anybody that she's got her hooks into hasn't strayed. They've been very loyal. So she's very good at the indoctrination game here. Definitely. Yeah. And, and she's better at, interestingly enough, the political side of things mm -hmm. where Adams is looking at everyone like he's in charge and everyone else is just a soldier. Like the arrogance of giving your magical book to someone just because you think they're too dumb to figure it out. Yeah. That right there. Like nobody, no wonder they laughed at you, John. You're, yeah. you're a dumbass. You yeah. think a young ingenuitive person you know, when given an opportunity to gain more power or gain more understanding, gain more knowledge, that they're not going to take it. You're just like, no, you're going to be my bag handler. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Even making it easy for a senior to figure out based on historical records that you're probably the origin point because you couldn't just bring yourself to die sooner, pretend die sooner. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, you shouldn't have been living long. that long back then. No one yeah. should have. It shouldn't have taken till Ford for another president to, like, last longer above ground than you. Like, you draw too much attention to yourself. You're messy. Messy is the issue, definitely. The ideas of trying to play off the first mass feeding as a terrorist attack, it's like, oh, that's sloppy, you know? You and the mayor should have, like, you know, really brainstormed a better excuse for that situation because it's like no no terrorist attacks usually involve like bombs guns not just a bunch of people being drained of their blood <laughs> yeah wait for a natural disaster or like engineer a blackout or something yeah and that's why so i love you can how do like bursts i love how automatically nobody's buying it nobody mm -hmm. buys it it's like yeah you guys you guys are idiots you should have come up with something better everybody here knows your line yeah, I do like the way we see, if anything, the political climate has affected people's cynicism as well. Like they don't go hard in the paint on it, but you do have like the Adams montage moments. And then you also can see the date on the tombstone. So, you know, this is 2017-ish, like where this part of the story is taking place. It's a time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a time. I in, think a time America, people yeah. would be like people would be at peak cynicism. So I think so, yeah. Regardless, 
as you said earlier, whether you're Sangster Senior or Sangster Junior, on both sides of that, you would be sort of at peak cynicism. The fact that they thought people would just believe their completely BS story is, it's adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. considering, I mean, we had a mayor who wrote a letter to the Spice Girls asking them to not break up so that all of them could make it here for a concert. Like, mayors, they aren't all great. Mayors are pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mayors are pretty dumb. Most of them. Some of them are good, but most of them suck. But uh, well, most politicians aren't very good. That's just, that's the unfortunate thing. Our representatives are always the least representing us. That's just the way it is. Oh, man. But one of the lines that really stuck out for me in the writing, words can be manipulated, but screams are absolute. That is a fucking good line. That's a banger. Yeah. 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 That's like, oh, okay. Yes. Rule through fear. Got it. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, we we <laughs> we get it. We see you. Yeah. Uh it's definitely everything about this book from the look, the way you aren't surprised by either depravity or dissolution of any of the characters, it definitely fits. And the writing matches the tone in a way that especially the kind of painterly shadowy it's just, it's all bad news, but people are just moving through it. It's the most kind of depressingly like real life, but add vampires of, yeah. of any of the recent books that I've read. But it's so good. Like, it is very cinematic, though. Well, yeah, well, you got Jason Sean Alexander, who is like a perfect pick for this book, because like, his claim to fame is the work he did on Spawn. And it's like that right there, Shadows dealing with crime, people coming out of nowhere, monsters, different types of things like that. He had to cover all of that. And again, also done in a very like heavy urban setting, which is this entire story is very straight inner city kind of setting. He brings such emotion to the characters. Like you just, you look in Sangster Senior's eyes and he's very much the, I, I really don't give a fuck about anything. It's just getting the do job done right. Things are going to get done right. The job we're supposed to be doing is saving people. So I'm going to try to do that. Protecting people. You see it in like, he's just got that grizzled jaw. And then Sangster Jr. You look at him, you go, okay, that's, that's the guy who I feel like in real life, I'd want to get to know. That's the guy that kind of has the everyman, but has just like a little bit of spark of, I don't know, like energy to him that it's like, this seems like, you know, a genuine good guy. And then you look at the way that, uh, the John Adams character is drawn and it's like, it just exudes evil. I love the character designs in this and yeah, the stuff is very, it's semi photorealistic. And as you said, cinematic in the sense, like he plays with the shadows. He gives you like good wide shots of everything. It does feel like a movie at times. Yeah. And the father and the son, actually the dad, speaking of the kind of almost photorealistic, he's definitely reminding me of Mario van peebles especially in his wake-up scene they don't do too much with the kind of vampire change which i like you're not getting a whole bunch of fang like there's a few kind of vampire mob type fight scenes but you get a lot of subtle oh eyes are yellow teeth are getting a little sharper like somebody's looking hungry when dad's getting hungrier, he tends to roll up the sleeves a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> you almost forget in some panels that his dad has been turned. And then you'll get like a, a turn to the 
reader kind of view of his face and, and you'll get a, just a, a yellow, yellow eye hit. Same with Tevin. It's more when it's kind of vampire and vampire conversation when Tevin and I forget the name of the guy, but he's basically like facilitate from uh, the frog, the, the black Disney movie with Tiana. Oh, Princess and the, the, Prince frog? the Frog? Yeah, that guy. The top hat guy. I was like, also... when you first said Disney, I'm like, oh shit, I don't really know <laughs> yeah. much Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the other magical Negro vampire who has some kind of powers, when you see them interact, that's where it gets the most kind of magical mystery tour, kind of, you're expecting a low-level boss fight, but it's still, it's about political disagreement. It's mm-hmm. still... More on that side. They they do definitely have a showdown later, but even that is fairly anticlimactic. What I thought also reading this, it's like this wouldn't even be that expensive. It you can tell that he also is doesn't just have a background as a writer, but also as a producer. It's almost like it's written as if like what would be like the most interesting, but perhaps the easiest to budget and, and fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we were gonna convert this. Because you don't have a lot of flying through the sky, but there's some floaty stuff, but there isn't a lot of that. It's really just dumb mistakes. Yeah. Earlier when you uh mentioned uh Mario Van Peoples, for some reason I picture um Phil Morris. I see it. Yeah, yeah, I I could see him play, pulling off the character. I guess both of them would be age appropriate. But uh, but yeah no this to definitely be transferred to the to the small screen relatively easily you could do it on a a good TV budget and it would transfer well I could totally see that this opening story arc I can see why the the series has been hit and has been going on for so long because this does a really good job of as you mentioned before telling a really tight six issue story but leaving you jumping off points where it's like if you wanted to just read this story you were done and walk away that'd be fine but there was there's these little carrots that are there at the end that it's like oh i want to know what happens with that i want to know what that character does and that's why you know now the book has been coming out for a few years now and uh and yeah still ha- and has an audience so i definitely think people should check it out yeah i would recommend this to anybody who likes vampire stuff horror stuff like comics by people of color if you're a fan who, of The Wire, I could see yeah. somebody liking somebody who likes that, liking this. If you like comics with good art, uh, if you even if if you like something like Sin City, it also kind of especially the scene with uh, little Brittany trolling for snacks. Uh, definitely, it's like straight out of a scene in Sin City. Mm. It's like you shouldn't be walking alone at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the common trope of the normally hunted becoming the hunter. Yeah, that that was fun for me. It's like you know where it's going right away. Yeah, yeah, but of it's course. Just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think people should check it out. the uh, The first arc that we're talking here, Sins of the Father, is available in trade. Go check it out. Yeah, I, I would say, and I think I said this the last time I talked about this. If you're an old like me, there is some panels where your flashback exposition is sort of written in cursive for my old lady eyes thank god for the zoom on digital (laughs) yeah well there you go well we've come to the end of another episode of back issue bloodbath patula where can the good folks find you at initiative.com on threads hive spoutable tiktok the other sites at obesacantawit o-b-e-s-a-c-a-n-t-a-v-i-t and here with you that's fantastic. You can find everything I do over at geekhardshow.com. Follow me on Twitter, not X, at, uh, at geekhard. 
And uh, follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. And uh, hey, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at geekartshow at gmail.com and uh, put back in the subject line. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us what you think about Philadelphia. Tell us what you think of other comics that we talked about. We want to hear from you. That'd be nice. But, you know, reach out. We miss you. This has been Back to Your Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petonio. Have yourself a good. <laughs>